Welcome to Travel Unites Us, a podcast featuring stories straight from the heart of travel. I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'll be your co-pilot on this journey. My friend Rich D'Ambrosio and I started Travel Unites Us to share the human stories from real travelers, stories that get to the heart of who they are and what they do. Rich will be your host on this episode. Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community. I want to give people a little bit of perspective because a lot of people don't understand our industry um, and people think of travel agencies like they think of Crimson Travel and Thomas Cook back in the 80s and 90s. They were storefronts. They were on a major um, street. And today what's happened is Barbara was at sort of the cutting edge back in the 90s of a group of people who started becoming um, self-employed, maybe even incorporated on their own. And the way that they work with a travel agency above them is that entity provides them with a lot of the software, maybe some of the supplier relationships that they're going to work with. And as a result, they're feeding you know, business into this greater entity, but they are entrepreneurs. And what I'm hoping people take away with today's call with Barbara is so she's had this long history in travel. And most people in travel today look like Barbara did back in 1992. And as a result, they're very small businesses who are taking it heavily on the chin. They are um, they're, they're small business entrepreneurs, very often working out of their homes. Um, and their cash reserves are not like some big corporate brand. So as right. we listen to Barbara's history in this industry, understand that you know, she's been surviving in that kind of a position through quite a few challenges. We've had uh, 9-11. We had... Um, the financial crisis. We've had a couple of, not pandemics, but certainly viruses that sort of slowed travel down. So Barbara, um, take us fast forward to 9-11. Where were you on 9-11 and how was, you know, what happened to travel and what happened to your business during that period? Yeah, yeah. 9-11, I was literally working at home in my, my office was in my bedroom. We lived in Key Biscayne, Florida. My husband, as a matter of fact, worked at he was managing a stock brokerage firm. Imagine that. And I was working away doing my job and he called me on the phone and he said, go turn the TV on. And I said, what do you mean? He's never asked me to turn the TV on in the middle of the day. So I'm looking at the TV and I'm, I'm shocked. I don't even know what to say. Um, So we just basically for, I don't know, at least a month, I think we had nothing going on. Um, Just waiting around trying to understand what was going to happen. What was this meaning? to us, to our industry. And I did a lot of, still did a lot of corporate travel at that time. So it was like, nobody oh, was business traveling. travel stopped. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, it, you know, it, they were worried about the possibility of bad things happening. Um, so it, it took a while. I would say maybe it took three months for probably things to kind of start working again, start going. People started traveling and then they just kind of got used to the new normal of, you know, taking off your whatever, everything out, you know, being checked, checked, checked. Um, and um, yeah, it was really, you know, that was a really tough time. There were some really slim, slim paychecks at that time because, you know, we, we basically are on commission. So no bookings coming in, no money's coming in either. So it's, um, it was tough. It really was tough. And, um, 
you know, we went through uh, certainly, like you said, the financial crisis. I was, I did a lot of pharmaceutical companies and SARS was an issue at that one point in time. People were canceling meetings all over Asia at that point. Um, but nothing to the level of what we're facing right now. Right. One, one thing being affected. Now we're being affected everywhere, you know, everywhere. hotels and cruises and yeah. everything. It's just where, you know, what, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? At least I remember with 9-11, people weren't going anywhere by plane, but there was still, let's get in the car and drive. We actually, as a family, my husband and my daughter and I, we drove to Key West and we stayed in Key West, which was great. We had, you know, it was quiet and was nice and it, but you can't do that. I mean, you know, most people wouldn't think of doing that right now, obviously, because I don't even out. think you can. I think most no. of the hotels are closed. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I remember traveling 30 days, not 30 days, maybe. Yeah. Actually, no, it was, I know exactly when it was. It was Halloween of 2001. I was working for KPMG, the big accounting auditing firm. And right. one of our partners had a um, conference for clients in Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, I got on a plane uh, at Newark Airport, Continental Airlines to Cleveland. And I would say my flight was maybe 30% full. Yeah. Um, there were armed soldiers, you know, with machine guns lining the airport terminals, walking around with the dogs. Yeah. But, you know, the Marriott where we stayed was open. And the restaurants that we wanted to go to were open. And that right. dramatically different this time. Yes, absolutely. I, absolutely. My husband was stuck somewhere. I don't remember. I think it was maybe LA. I think he had to stay at a couple of extra days before he could, you know, come back uh, from that. So it was, yeah, that was a much lighter at the time we thought it was like, oh my goodness. Now it's like looking back, that was just not that bad really and yeah. truly as far as, you know, picking back up and only one, one aspect of our business. So it's um, quite different. So tell me a little bit about how you've spent the last two weeks. Um, did you have travelers who were traveling in the immediate future and therefore you've been doing rebookings and trying to advocate for them? Give me a little bit of an idea of what, yep. what your job has been like. Because I think, again, a lot of people don't understand that if you book by yourself, you get this experience and it's all right. on you. But if you book yep. with somebody like Barbara, there's a different experience. Right. Um, in the beginning, we had lots of calls, lots of cancellations, you know, what was happening, you know, basically just fielding all these cancellations. And then it started to sort of arc up to where I had people who were about to leave on a trip. In the, in the very beginning, I would say probably the first week of March, it didn't seem, or even the end of February, it didn't seem that bad. You know, we were like, people were asking, what do you think we should do? And I was saying, I think it's fine. I mean, they weren't going to Asia. So, okay. So I had a guy who left at the end of February to go on a Antarctic cruise. So he had to fly down to Buenos Aires and, you know, get on a, basically fly from there and get down to Ushuaia. I had a couple who was leaving for Spain on the 7th of March. I felt like, you know, they were asked and they're in, they were actually in both, all of these people are in the medical industry. They're doctors and nurses. And then they said, no, 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 we're going to go. We're going to go. We definitely want to go. Um, so it was just, you know, that kind of a thing. Other people were worried and wanting to cancel or we were fielding a lot of phone calls. You know, what should we do? Is my trip canceled? What's happening? What's happening? And of course, you know, we didn't know a lot. We just knew it was kind of, 
you know, little by little things were happening. We were just kind of basically dealing with it as it came. There yeah. wasn't any way to really be proactive. We were just having to wait and see. So um, I did a lot of cancellations. A lot of people who had put on a, a deposit, maybe their final payment was due and they decided, no, I'm not going to take that chance because they didn't want to put down a lot of money if they weren't going to necessarily get it back. So that was that was a big chunk of business that I will not see the income from. Um, the people that I had traveling, and this is what I've been saying to people recently, after that kind of went past, then we had the people who were in the middle of their trips, and then things started getting a little bit more crazy. I see. And yeah. I had people, the people in Spain, I was calling them, and I was in touch with my um, favorite supplier for that area, Sagres Vacations out of uh, Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, and we were on the phone. I, this is how, this is why you, I would say this is illustrates why you use an independent travel advisor. I was sitting there at 1030 at night watching, I don't know, Facebook doing something. And people were posting about the president coming up and saying, American citizens need to come back. We're going to stop the flights after Thursday or Friday or Saturday, I think it was. That would be like the 13th or 14th of March. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've got to figure out what to do about these people that are in Spain. So I'm literally sending a Facebook message to Patty at Sagres Vacations. I'm friends with her on Facebook, sending her a message. Did you just, did you hear what he said? And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe this. So we're both on like immediately just ramped up trying to figure out what to do. So I'm grab my laptop. I'm sitting there. I sign into Sabre. I am tentatively booking flights for these people. I hadn't even booked their flights. They were actually on frequent flyer tickets, but I thought, oh. you know what? They're not going to be able to get back on those tickets. We got to get something. So I put something on hold. I'm sending them an email telling them this is what's happening. And then within the next hour, people are saying, no, no, no. Department of Homeland Security says this is what's happening. So we're like, oh, okay. So we kind of backpedaled a little bit, but I still said, okay, well, we should, we should be prepared. So Patty and I were kind of like all ready to go. And the next morning I get up seven o'clock, I get the email from the client. She says, what do you think we should do? And I said, well, at this point, it seemed like it wasn't such a fire at this point that we needed to do something. I said, let's just see what happens. You guys go on about your trip and I'll keep an eye on things. Do you want to buy a ticket to come back just in case? You know, oh, no, no, I don't think so. This was $2,200, $2,700. Just one way person. for two people. One way for each person. For each per person. person. So she said, no, 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 we've already spent so much. And this was a trip that had to be rescheduled from like a previous year. So it was crazy. Um, so we said, okay, let's, you know, you, you enjoy, we'll, we'll figure out what's happening on this end. That was probably on Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, whatever and day. Where are they at this was. point? Barcelona? At this point, they were in, um, heading down to Andalusia. So they were in um, Seville okay. and they were going to go on to Granada. So I said, just continue on. I'll keep you up posted. So, you know, we're checking everything, checking what's going on. And it just seemed like it got more and more dicey. And I was on, you know, constant contact with them. Well, they were out on a hike one day. And that was when the government of Spain decided to close all the monuments and everything. So they get back from their tour late at night with a message from the guides over there saying, I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to do the Alhambra to tomorrow because it's closed. Well, she wasn't very happy, which, you know, obviously it's a lifetime trip and what can we do? But I said, look, 
you know, just enjoy whatever you can. You've got, we can, we'll figure something else out, another activity for you to do. Do you want to get tickets to come back? No, she still wanted to just finish off the trip. So I said, okay. So that probably was about Thursday by that point. And, um, it just kept getting more and more likely that they were going to close the borders. And so we said on Friday, I spoke to her and I said, look, I think you should really think about coming back earlier. I think her flight was originally the 17th and this was Friday the 13th. So I said, give me all the information for your flights. I know you booked it with frequent flyer. Technically, I know I'm not supposed to be able to help you on this, but give it to me and I'm going to do what I can. I will get you booked on something. If we can't do that, I'll have to book you a ticket, but we've got to figure out a way to get you out of there in case this happens. So that's basically what ended up happening. I called American Airlines. They were great. I was able to change everything because I, which if you know the business, you're not allowed to work on other people's stuff. But And, and they, when it's frequent flyer points, they're really rigid because right. they're on that ticket. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they did it because they understood the magnitude of what was going on in the world. I had all the information, dates of birth, address, phone numbers, frequent flyer, or whatever. Them. Yep. I made it. I, you know, obviously I'm not just some sort of person walking in just to change. So we got them rebooked on a flight on Sunday and, um, they basically were stuck, holed up in the hotel, the hotel, there was nothing to do. They couldn't go out anywhere. Um, so they just stayed at the hotel. And then the next day, the, uh, flight, uh, was in at three o'clock in the afternoon. The, uh, guide service that we were using with the Sagres vacations had booked, had set up a car service drove them four and a half hours to Madrid, got them to the airport. Wow. Because, you know, we didn't, we didn't really know how else to get them up there. And we had already planned on that. So they got home safely. Um, They were in quarantine for 14 days. Um, And then the next thing that I had was my client who was uh, down in South America and he got, his cruise was supposed to end on the 14th of March. Their last cruise uh, port day was the Friday the 13th. They were supposed to be at Montevideo, arrived at Montevideo. Montevideo, um, you know, Uruguay said, nope, sorry, nobody's coming in. So they had to stay on the ship. And um, they thought, well, okay, we'll we'll talk. You know, I'm sure that the ship was probably saying, we'll talk to the authorities and we'll get everything squared away and we'll be able to disembark as usual tomorrow. No, they did not disembark. So. He was on the ship, another doctor, and um, he had, because it was happening so fast from his end, he had booked a ticket for himself online because they said, we're going to sail to, to Buenos Aires and we we're going to try to go out of there. So he booked a ticket. They sailed towards Buenos Aires, found out, no, they were not going to be able to be let in in Argentina. And he again was stuck with the ticket that, you know, how do we get rid of this ticket now because they're not going to be able to travel. So again, I went... A- <laughs> I went and did a few things that, you know, you don't necessarily get to do, but I'll just say I was able to cancel his ticket and get a refund for him. And uh, that was all taken care of. And then that poor guy was sailing around for an extra nine days because no ports would let them in. No countries were allowing entry. So I was on the phone with him with WhatsApp and Facebook message and just back and forth trying to figure out like what was happening. Do you need me to book? We booked numerous tickets that which we voided. Um, and in the end, the captain and the cruise line, and I guess they worked with the French ambassador, the U S ambassador, 
and the uh, consulate in Rio. So they, they sailed to Rio and, and ultimately were able to get out of Rio um, on Monday night and arrived back in Boston Tuesday. Uh, you know, I, that was really, I've never in my life imagined anything where you, and he was on a great cruise line, you know, I mean, he was on a five star cruise line. So mm -hmm. 200 people, not, not bad, but still, which, you just don't want to be there at that point. Yeah. You know, and it just goes to show you just how unprecedented this is because, yes. you know, um, a place like um, Greenland or was it Newfoundland? I forget where was accepting all the American planes during 9-11. Uh, yes. When, Gander, when New, Gander, Newfoundland. Yeah. Yes. And, and you did not have that situation this no. time. This time, people were, you know, it, the, the contagion right. was the fear. Yeah. 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 And then I've had um, the last couple, I've been calling them my travel orphans because they basically were stuck places and I got them back. I had a kid who is 23 years old. His, he was in um, Laos. He was um, teaching with a Fulbright scholarship and I had booked his family to visit him in December, the very first time they ever used a travel agent. And you know, they were great to work with. It was kind of fun to be able to kind of like, kind of go really sort of low key and explain everything to them. Cause most of my clients know what they want and how to do it. And, you know, they just let me do it for right. them. It was a really unique experience having someone do it all for them and, you know, let them understand that you can just give me all of the details. I'll take care of it for you. And then we'll, you know, it'll, you'll love it. You know, it's like, we, we, you know, we worked hard, but, um, he was stuck and the, the scholarship people said, you know, you need to really basically make plans to come back. And so his mom had texted me and said, we need to get him home. So that was another big struggle because I think over there, they weren't, which is interesting in Laos, they weren't so concerned about the virus. They didn't have much of an incidence of it. Uh -huh. And so he was kind of very laid back about, well, I've got a, I don't want to leave right away. I have a going away party and I have, I've got to <laughs> say goodbye to my girlfriend and oh. I'm trying to impress upon his mother. No, 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 no. no. He needs to get out of there. Yeah. So that was a, that was touch and go. There was a lot of back and forth. And then, you know, he sort of panicked and wanted to get a ticket. And I woke up last Saturday morning with a 715 call from his mother that, you know, he had gotten a ticket, he booked it online, um, but he was worried that the flight was going to be canceled or that they were taking Qatar Air. And he had heard somewhere that Qatar was closing their borders. And, you know, so this was the thing. It was like all these borders were being closed. And it was like right. trying to get people to understand, I don't know when it's going to happen. Right now, it's not happening. You can fly. I can get you out. There's availability. Don't wait. Don't wait. Do it. Do it right away. So, he ended up getting home on um, Monday, ended up flying back on Monday. So that was great. Um, and then I had another girl who, this was an interesting one, not even my client. Um, one of my friends who's also a travel advisor here in Tallahassee, she had emailed me on Friday saying, do you think you can help these people? Because she doesn't use GDS. She's just, you know, mostly does packages, cruises, things like that. Um, and this was a 16-year-old girl who was in Sardinia on a, uh, an exchange program, and she was still there, and they needed to get her back. And I was like, what in the world? Why is she still there? But okay, um, let's see what we can do. I talked to the dad, and she had apparently had a reservation to leave on Tuesday on Air France. She got to the airport in Sardinia. The uh, Alitalia or whoever it was she checked in with said, no, 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 you can't get on the plane because you need this form filled out. Well, 
she didn't have that form. She didn't know she needed it. So she went home apparently. And here it was Friday and the dad is telling me about this. And I said, well, what kind of form is it? And he said, I don't know. It's all in Italian. And I said, well, send it to me anyway. And he goes, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I have a client who's also a friend of mine. She's Italian. I'm going to ask her to read this form for me and interpret it and translate it so that I can understand what it is that they're asking for. I said, maybe you don't need this form. You know, it's possible that they're requiring it only for certain people or, you know, people at the airport are told you must have this form, but they don't understand that it's not for everyone. So I had him send me that form. I sent it to my client and I said, Sandra, please just look at this and tell me what it says. She did more than I could ever imagine. She went on to their website for Sardinia's, you know, government website. It was an online form. She f- completed the form. She sent emails to the Presidente of Sardinia, did all of these things, come to find out the form was only for people who had arrived in Sardinia after March 8th. So of course, this girl didn't need that form. So we, we were able to get through this red tape. I kept telling you, Dad, we got to get through this bureaucracy. I'm sure there's some way around it. And I even said, if she has to go to the airport, I had actually booked her on Tuesday. I said, if she has to go to the airport, over the weekend, I would suggest just go there, talk to somebody of authority and get deal with this now so that when you go on Tuesday, you don't you have, have to stress to out. Yeah. So that all worked out fine. Amazingly, I had booked her. I could only get her as far as JFK because of availability of flights and airports that were accepting international people. Um, so I told the dad, look, we'll get her to, I'm going to book her to JFK and I'm going to then make sure that she actually gets on the plane before I book her the flight that she needs from JFK to uh, Orlando. So I got up on Monday morning and, oh, that was the other thing too. I said to the girl, I emailed her and I said, you must check in online on Monday because you need to let the airlines know that you're intending to come. Right. I think we lost you a little bit. You froze. Uh, I, um, you know, check online so that way, you know, and then that would also give me the, the opportunity to see if she actually had checked in and her tickets were actually showing used. So Monday morning, I get my coffee, sign into my computer, go to the reservation. Thank goodness. Hallelujah. She's on the flight. I see the flight coupons as used. I book her the flight from JFK to Orlando. I had also sent her an email and I'm thinking to myself, to me, this is like my daughter, you know, like a 16 year old girl. How many times has she left the country? What is she going to face when she gets to JFK? So I had sent her a very detailed email saying, you're going to arrive at JFK. You're probably going to have to go through a CDC medical check. Then you're going to go through customs and immigration. You're going to need to collect your bags. You're going to be at terminal four. You're going to need to get on the bus. You're going to need to go to terminal one to get into Delta. You're going to have to take your bags. You're going to have to recheck them. All of this step by step, because I thought this girl's going to be freaking out. You know, she's going to be arriving and scared and probably no idea what to expect. So I wanted it to be easy for her. Um, So she got home and her parents were very, very grateful. And I was so glad to be able to do that, um, to be able to help in that way, because he was not having any luck. Nobody was answering the phone at Air France. And, you know, this is the, the story everyone is saying. You know, you book online, um, Expedia was not answering the phone. I mean, who's there to help you? They're not there. Um, no. 
we, we were there. We were on WhatsApp. We were on Facebook message. We were on, I was giving my cell phone to clients. I was saying, text me. I was in Costco talking to the guy on the um, cruise ship. I mean, this is what you want when you're traveling. And this is, I woke up the other night at like 3 a.m. saying, how can I get people to understand at the very least when you travel internationally, it's in your best interest to use a travel advisor because we have the connections, we have the, you know, we know what we're doing. We know what to do. We're, we're able to figure it out. Like I said, I don't read Italian, but I have somebody that does. <laughs> so, and I'm willing to do those little extra things for people because I think that's what sets us apart. So, so now that was the past. You now yes. have people who are traveling and I'm just going to throw some, some time frames out there. I'm guessing you have some people who are, tra- who were originally scheduled to travel 30 days from now, 60 days from now, 90 days from now. Do you have a, a large portion of people like that? I do actually, I do a lot of European travel. So summer is a very busy time. So we have a lot of people that are having you know trips that are booked hoping that they're going to go. Um, For the most part, my clients have been pretty laid back. They've asked me, what do I think? I said, at this point, I think we're best to just kind of sit and wait and see what happens. Because I do have a a small group cruise that's supposed to go on May 3rd. That's the one that's kind of, to me, is on the cusp. I don't know what will happen because it's just so close. And the cruise lines have not canceled. So now talk us through where your expertise comes in handy here, because if I DIY myself with a supplier, they're going to send me an email that says, just a reminder, your book. For example, I was supposed to be in Fort Lauderdale next week for a a speaking engagement with the American Society of Travel Advisors with a chapter down there. Um, I did get an email about two weeks ago from JetBlue just saying, FYI, we have new policies because of coronavirus, but the flight wasn't canceled. Right. So it was incumbent upon me to try to understand the fair basis rules that I had purchased because, of course, I hope people realize today, I think most travelers realize today that the airlines have basically said, if you want the cheapest, cheapest airfare, you're going to get the least amount of flexibility. You're going to get the most amount of penalties. You're going to get the least amount of amenities. And as you creep up that scale towards a price that's quite significantly higher than the cheapy, cheapy fare, then you start to have the ability to do things that give you freedom. And I'll tell you, I'm a fairly educated person in the travel industry, and I was not aware. I, I had purchased slightly above the basic level on JetBlue, so right. I had better flexibility than the highly restricted fare. But talk to me about where your value comes in for a guy like me who buys these tickets. And now I'm sitting there reading that six point font in the, um, even on a laptop screen, trying to figure out what's my best option because I'm going to get hit with a penalty. When should I, when should I make that choice? Is it, should I do it now or should I do it the day before the flight? Right. And cruises are different. And like you said, and then there's yep. people who haven't canceled cruises yet, but you're kind of scratching your head going, really? Do you really think we're leaving? So walk right. me through your value looking at your clients going forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we know, you know, we know fair rules. Those of us who have been working on GDS and booking airline tickets for years, we know all the fair rules. We understand the fair rules. I will say this time around, the airlines 
are being a little bit uh, dynamic, for lack of a better word. A little bit is a good <laughs> phrase. I'm glad you said a little bit. You know, every day is a new day, and the rule, fair rules seem to change, just like we change our socks, it seems. But right. we, we at least have a base understanding. And so I feel like I can better advise people. I think for the most part, your best bet is to sit and wait, not to immediately d decide to cancel. Because if your, you know, your chances of getting maybe um, more uh, options are better as you wait. So we've waited. Um, we've proactively called people um, who had had schedule changes. Most of the time, the schedule changes are coming in that are basically the airlines consolidating flights. So maybe they have five flights to a certain destination. Now they're only operating two or three. So we need to call the people in advance and say, look, this is what's happening. Are you still planning on going? So we're doing that. And that's that human part of it. So JetBlue is sending you an email and then the, the burden is on you. Yeah. We're taking it one step further. We're calling people who have flights who have been affected and saying, let's, let's see what we should do here. Do you know, are you, so I, I um, you froze. So you were saying I earlier have people that are booked mm -hmm. final payment. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say you're freezing okay, up a little bit. Um, I, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So you're pulling reports. You're going into your computer bookings, and you're saying, "I know when this person's deposit is due. So now I know when I have to help yeah. them make a decision. I'm going to communicate and give them enough time." I know right. debarkation yes. times and I'm looking at the airlines yes. and saying, well, if they consolidate and the cruise does go off, are they going to arrive on time? Is the airline making an arbitrary right. decision for my client that may make yep. them late for something that they're attending or, yep. or doing? So you're doing all of that work and yep, all that absolutely. for them. Yep. Right, exactly. I mean, I've got people who have put a deposit on a cruise and now it's time to do final payment. Maybe they're traveling June, July, August. Right. You know, do you want to plunk down $12,000 to make your final payment on your Oceana cruise if you're not sure if it's going to go? And so luckily, my clients are, you know, pretty confident. They're like, and, I, and most of them are well-traveled. They're okay knowing that, okay, I'm going to put my deposit down or my, I'm going to put my final payment down. I'm hoping that I'll be able to go. And if not, they can rely on me to advise them. Like, here's what we're going to do. Let's move you, you know, this cruise isn't happening. Let's move you to another cruise at a later time. Um, you know, just interpreting all of these rules and trying right. to make sense of it. It is very, very overwhelming. And that's why I can't imagine people trying to do it on their own. Um, you know, we have contacts with hotels. We have contacts with tour operators, cruise lines. We can call them and kind of, you know, like especially with hotels sometimes, you know, you need to get out of a hotel because, you know, they're not coming. If we book them enough, you know, they're willing to cancel and say, right. look, fine, you know, I'm sorry this is happening to all of us and, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to help you out. But, you know, if you use online travel um, agencies or you're out of luck. booking directly with the airline, you're out of luck. You're right. just on your own there. And that's the scary part. I just think, what were all these people who were in other places thinking when this started happening? you know, I would like to be able to know if I were that person that I had somebody that basically was there for me and back. said, yep. got my back. Okay. You do whatever you need, you need to do. I'm taking care of it. I'm looking into it. I'm doing all of this over here. Um, and that's really all, you know, that's what we've always done. And I think 
I just think to myself, like, for instance, I just think people don't know, um, you know, we, we do charge, you know, some, some agents charge service fees for things and people are sort of hesitant. I think, well, I don't, you know, I can save that money. I really want people to think about that now, that little bit of money that you're spending for us to plan your trip or even to just book a simple airline ticket. Isn't that worth you being taken care of in this type of situation that, you know, we're all, we're going to help you. We're going to be there for you Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. While I'm standing in the Costco produce sale, I mean, that's, that's so (laughs) really understand that it's not always about the least expensive thing or the, you know, I'm saving $10 over here. No, you're saving $10, but you might regret that later. So I think that story um, is being writ large. And I've heard your story, you know, many, many times over the last two weeks. I, you know, I, I would see somebody, a travel advisor friend of mine, post something on Facebook about their frustration with their day and how exhausted they were. And I would just you know, give them a quick call or shoot them a text message right. and say, Hey, is everything okay? And then all of a yeah. sudden they would tell me a story about right. the, the fight they put up for a client and how they had to, you know, right. sit on the phone for three hours instead of the client sitting on the phone for three hours. Yeah. And I, I, I've lost count of how many of those right. stories I've heard in the last two weeks. Right. And we do that. We've always done that. And right. I mean, I add, we are, I say this, we are travel advocates. If yeah. something happens, happens to you on your trip and I booked it for you and I you tell me that this is what happened and I say wait a minute no that shouldn't have happened or no this this is this is what we're going to do we we go and do it I mean I you know we're like I guess terriers with a bone I mean you just you have to do it we have to we have to travel is a perishable product it's not like toner for your printer Uh, And I'm talking not to you. I'm talking to anybody who ever watches this video. And because it's a perishable product, those purveyors of that product really have to maximize the revenue they get. Because if it's a hotel bed tonight that doesn't get sold, that's gone forever. They can never get that room right night back. And And in an economy that's hurting, the room nights they do book the next six months or even two years perhaps are going to be at a price that they couldn't have commanded today or six weeks ago, whatever. And, yeah. and consumers need to understand that if you don't have an advocate for you, their computer systems are doing their best to right. maximize the amount that you are going to pay them. That's the business they're in. Digital technology has enabled that power even more. And if you do not have right. an advocate making a case for you, you're fighting with one arm tied behind your back. That's the fact. Right. Absolutely. And I, and I think our connections too, when we need something that maybe looks like it's not available or it's not going to be a possibility, we know who to call. We can call up to the hotel and maybe talk to the salesperson and say, look, you know, Judy, this is what's happening. This is the guy I need to figure out. What can you suggest? You know, maybe the, the room type is not available, but we can get them a different room. You know, we, we go in and we talk and we figure out the solutions we are tenacious, we are resourceful, um, and we just, we figure, we figure a way to get it done. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. We get the stuff done. And um, I love it. I love that challenge. I really do. I mean, it's tough sometimes. It really wipes you out. But I really feel once I've accomplished it, like, wow, 
I have done that. I did it. I got it done. Yep. So it's amazing. So Barbara, the question I ask to wrap up most of these interviews, do you have a trip planned next? And if so, where is it? And if you don't, when this madness is over, where are you, how would you want to reward yourself with travel? I do in fact have a trip on the horizon. Um, my sister and I, my sister's 10 years older than me, um, but we have been talking for many years that we wanted to do the Camino de Santiago, not the whole thing, right. but just that last That's up bit. for me, yeah. <laughs> um, so we had been talking and talking and then I just said, you know what? We're just not gonna do it unless we just put a deposit. So we did. And so we have a trip planned in the beginning of October to do that last leg of the Camino de Santiago. And I hope that it's going to happen. I'm going to proceed with things that it's, you know, that is saying it's going to happen. Um, I would love to go somewhere else in between, obviously, um, where that might be. I don't know. It depends on if I'm, you know, how much busy business I have and how much am I going to need to be at my desk. But right. that is sort of my thing that I've got out there on the horizon that's keeping me, you know, moving forward. And I just love, I really love travel so much that I just want to, you know, I have a lot of trips that I want to take. I have a lot of ideas, a lot of things that I want to put into play. And um, I just, I can't imagine that it's not going to happen. You know, yep. we will, you know, it's, we'll get through this. I think we're all saying that it's really unprecedented, but we will get through this. Things will get better. Maybe we changed just like we did after 9-11. We had to change the way we did things. Right. But we still did things that we, you know, we still traveled. We still went to the airport. We, you know, did everything that we did. We just had to do it a little bit differently. And maybe that's, that's what we're going to have to do. We've just been lucky um, all these years that we didn't have these kinds of things happening. And I hope, my hope is that we'll all be back, you know, traveling around the world again because I think my favorite part of this job is the basically the culture, the meeting people in other cultures. And that's, yeah. I always tell people social studies was always my favorite um, subject in school. And to me, my job is social studies. Yep. I'm learning about cultures. I'm learning about the foods that people like to eat and all of, and it's also history and geography too, but it's social studies. And I think that's really what I, what attracted me to working in this business is I just recently, when I was in um, Vegas for travel, Virtuoso Travel Week last August, um, I looked out at the room, which is, of course, if you've ever gone, it's like insane. There's like people like as far as the eye can see. But I looked around and I saw these people. I saw a couple of ladies in kimono. I saw a guy in a Moroccan dress. I saw various national dress. And I thought, this is why I am in this job. What other career, what other job will you ever see all these people together dressed like that? I, it, to me, that was just, I took a picture. I said, Let, let's get together. I've got me, two ladies in kimono, the guy in the Moroccan dress. Do you have that? Get, is that was, picture up on Facebook? Can I go find it? It might be up on Facebook. Okay. If not, I will send it to you. It's send great. It I love me. it. I love it because that just epitomizes this business. Yeah. Everybody is, you know, different places, different countries, different languages, different everything, but we all enjoy travel. We all enjoy meeting each other. We all enjoy learning new um, things and, and, and experiencing new things. And I, I think that's really what's going to keep this business going it really is. and truly. 
Barbara yeah. Kahn, she brings social studies to life. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, thanks for taking time out today to talk Thank to you, us. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for telling us your story. Thank you for telling Thank the you. universal story of travel advisors and what you sure. guys do. And I do hope that all of these stories start to reframe the public's mind about, do I really want to do it on my own? Or right. do I want to pass it off to somebody who knows a lot better than I do? So God bless you. Yes. Thank you so much. This Stay is a great well. talk to you, Richard. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community.